We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Brian, we went out with a bang, uh, 2023, with a great uh, upon further review show, and we're back. It is now 2024. Happy New Year to everybody out there, and we're just going to pick up right where we left off with another great show. It is Tuesday, January 2nd. We're going to kick off 2024 talking about the 2023 season. <laughs> You're darn right we are, because that's how things go. This is day one of the off season officially. Uh, as far as Irish breakdown is concerned, but there is so much to talk about looking back, obviously, but also looking forward. And that is what we do. And we're going to take you guys with us the entire way. We got spring practice. We've got the summer. We've got fall. I mean, you you name it. We got it. It's coming and we're going to bring it to you. But that's Brian. I'm Vince. And uh, it's going to be the two of us pretty much all week, uh, Brian. Or or just me. As right. I say, except for tomorrow, uh, you're going to do your normal Wednesday show, and then you and I will be back on Thursday with the defensive side of what we're going to talk about today offensively, and then Friday, we're going to do a free-for-all mailbag. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we can, and uh, that's how the afternoon shows are going to go, and then IB Nation Sports Talk is going to be back with a vengeance. Both uh, Styers boys are back from Kansas, and so we're going to do a three-man show tonight uh, on Tuesday at uh, 6 o'clock. And then take tomorrow off because whatever, we got travel and all kinds of stuff going on. Thursday, Jesse and I are going to do a show uh, at 6 o'clock. And then Friday is going to be the three of us again at 6 o'clock. So lots of stuff coming your way, folks, uh, all week long. So just strap in as uh, as the boys do on defense. We're putting the seatbelt on. We're strapping in. It's going to be a great offseason. But today, Brian... We're going to talk about the 2023 offense, where it met expectations, where it may have exceeded expectations, where it may have not gotten to the expectation at some uh, points as well. So it's all offense today. That's what we do. And uh, I'm excited to jump right in. You know, Vince, this this conversation is going to be so interesting because, you know, there's this there's this vibe about the offense that is just very odd. Yeah. 
And it's hard to kind of have a conversation about the offense where it's like a a rational, balanced conversation. And we're going to do our best to try to do that because there are some things about this offense that were really good, like really good. And we're going to dive into some of the numbers as, as we get into this. But then there was other parts of the offense, Vince, that you look at it and you're like, how are you not a better team? How are you not a better unit? I mean, how how did you how did you show this potential this time and then come out and look like this against that? Yeah, it's just such a hard story to tell, and it's going to kind of at the end of the day, you want to talk about this big picture. We'll talk about the offense, but the offense is the primary reason for this big picture vibe, in my opinion. This team for me. This 2023 Notre Dame team is going to go right up there for me along with the 2015 and the 27 teams as the what-if teams for Notre Dame. Sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When I'm watching teams play this week and I'm like, could Notre Dame, could could Texas, Washington, Michigan, and Alabama all beat Notre Dame? Of course they could. Could Notre Dame play with and beat them on their best day? Of course they could. And you look to next year, you know, you say, well, you know, I don't know if there's going to be any great teams next year. And then that may be true. We don't know yet, right? There's still a lot. Right. There's so much to so, go happen. You know, yeah, it's so coming in, coming out, yeah, the NFL yeah. the declarations, all that. But what I know is this team should have been better. This team should have been in one of the four playoff teams. And they could have played with those teams, and and so when I I just look at it like that, Vince, and I just and I and, and it's just a, a frustrating story because when they were good, they were really good. Yeah. And we'll get it. We'll get into it as we kind of just give an overview. But that's just such a hard story to tell because there are some people that are just un in, incapable of recognizing how good the offense was for most of the season. I mean, for most of the season, this offense was was outstanding one of the best we've ever seen i mean think about it notre dame broke an all-time scoring record this year in score in, in points per game total points and 40 plus yard 40 plus point games right and they didn't just break the record they shattered the record the points per game record they beat by almost a full point a record that was set vince when newt rockney was a senior on the team that's when the previous scoring record got beat. The modern record was set in 1968 
when Terry Hanratty was the starting quarterback. Joe Theismann was the backup quarterback on that team. That's how long ago that was. And so when you're breaking records like that, you can't ignore that. But then, and that's what made it so frustrating when you'd watch the Ohio State game happen and the Louisville game happen. And the Duke game. game happen, And the Duke game happen. Yeah. You're like, man, like this team won 10 games this year. They scored at least 40 points in nine of those 10 wins. Think about that. We've never seen a Notre Dame team ever score 40 points or more more than six times in a season, ever. This team did it nine times. They did it just six if you only look at the offensive points. And and yet, then you come back and you say, but on the biggest stages of the season, with one exception, well, two exceptions, not, not enough times, I'll say like that, not enough times in the biggest moments of the season was this offense able to make the plays to win you games and when right. you Ohio State and they had chances to put that game away failed twice on fourth and one when you look at Duke yeah you had the late comeback so you know you got it sometimes you have an off day they did what they needed to do to win the game at the end good to go Louisville just no energy poor execution some of the dumbest like what how does that even happen like the Blake Fisher hands of the face to negate the 30 yard gain by Mitchell Evans and you're just like dropping passes and Getting not competing for the ball, you're just like, how does this happen when you you're in a playoff hunt? Then you see Clemson game six possessions, six straight possessions in the second half where you got a chance to tie the ball game up and you don't even cross midfield, you know. And it's like, how does that happen in one breath? And then this super explosive dynamic, you know, forty plus points a game. I mean, we're talking about if I'd have told you before the year Notre Dame's going to score thirty nine point two points per game score over 500 points in the season, have four, go over 40 points per game in nine games, we'd be talking about, dude, they might win the championship. Like, that's what we would have said before the season. This team has a chance to win a championship. They went nine and three, you know, with a defense that ranked in the top 10 in just about every category. So it's such a hard story to tell, Vince, because you have to be able to talk about that, that this offense was as good as it was as often as it was but you also can't ignore the fact that in many of the biggest moments, I mean, NC State, they played great. Uh, USC, they played great. They did what they needed to do. I mean, so there was their moments, and, th- and those were big games. I mean, you they can't were. ignore. At the time, USC was an undefeated top 10 team. That was a big moment. They stepped Correct. up to play. And, you know, NC State, that was a good team. Won nine games, you know, top 25 team. That's a big win. You scored 45 points. You know, you, you, you did what you needed to do. And then there were some great storylines that happened that we'll get into. But at the end of the day, it just it, it, it kind of goes back to even though the offense was was way better than we'd ever seen for stretches when the bright lights were brightest, it's this, it was the same old Notre Dame it, it, deep offensively, and that they weren't able to get it done. And so that's kind of that's why this and that's what all, a lot of people are going to choose to focus on. And, and I still say at the end of the day. The, the vitriol towards Jared Parker was disappointing to see from Notre Dame fans. There are, there are plenty of things that are fair to criticize him for, but that he didn't get any credit for a lot of the good things we saw. It all goes back to the Andy Ludwig situation. Sure. And if you to tell the story of the 2023 season, you have to go back to that because I believe that Jared Parker basically had the, the anger from Notre Dame fans towards that situation was taken out on Jared Parker. It was not no win. People. 
It's a no win right. situation for right. him. He he stepped into a no win situation in that regard, and there was nothing that he could do that was going to change people's minds outside of win a national championship. And right, exactly. That that's it. That's the only way that people would have been like, oh yeah, he did a good job. Like there there I'm, and that's unfortunate for everything that you just said. Yeah. And 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 you gave your opinion on how you feel about the offense. I'm going to give my gut opinion. You know, as I as I sat there through 13 games, some in person, some on TV, whatever, right? And then I watch all these bowl games, and I and I see you know these high level games yesterday, and you know all of these different things. <clears throat> my gut tells me that the offense wasn't good enough. Like that's what my gut says. It's like when when it mattered the most, the offense wasn't good enough. Now I'm not saying that they just racked up points and yards yeah. and all of those different things against garbage teams. Cause that's not true. Right. It's not true. Right. At times and, it was, you know, and at times right. it was, but guess what? Every single high powered offense, LSU 2019 included racked up a bunch of points and yards against garbage teams at times. It's right. all part of the average. Right. I mean, it's part of the average. Right. And so you, I, I don't take that part away from Notre Dame, but like as a, when you dive into the numbers, the offense was an all was all time for Notre Dame. It just was, yeah. right? Overall, it was. But then when you sit back and you're not looking at the numbers and you're just thinking about the games and you're thinking about the moments and you're thinking about, you know, because everybody has these moments that they remember from every season, right? And the 23 season, unfortunately, for the offense and for me as a fan, I think about the times that the offense underachieved. Like the, the six straight possessions against Clemson. Like, you, I want to rip my hair out. You know what I mean? Because I know mm. that this team is better than that, but they didn't step up when they needed to in that moment. And and unfortunately, that's what I think about. Now, once we get removed from this season a little bit and we're looking back, maybe I start looking at this team like the 2015 offense, like the 2017 offense, like that kind of a deal. As of right now, still kind of in the moment. To me, it feels like, they underachieved offensively, but my yeah. mind knows that that's wrong. My mind well, knows that that part, like, I, you know what I'm saying? I like, don't know that it is wrong though, Vince. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I think that's part of the storyline is I don't think that's wrong. I, I think we can, I think we can say both are true at the same time. That's like true. this offense took a big leap this year. Yeah. Right. In a lot of ways, but what do we always say? It was true under Brian Kelly. It's true under Marcus Freeman. You're ultimately judged on what you do on the biggest stages. Sure. And at times this That's offense on the be. big stage stepped up and played well. And at times in the big stage, especially against the teams that had good defenses, it, with the exception of NC State, you didn't step up. And then that's the one anomaly. You say you weren't doing anything before the, 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 the long weather delay. Right. And then you're able to come right. out and make some adjustments and, and go down and get some points and all that kind of stuff. And and that's the big thing is is there just weren't there weren't enough there there were some fundamental flaws in this offense that there just weren't many teams on the schedule good enough to expose. That's fair. And and the best defenses were able to expose them for the most part, and that's what it comes down to. And so that's ultimately the storyline is we can we can look at because here here's the way I look at it. It's a it's a excitement frustration dichotomy. Yeah, right. The yes. the fresh the, the the excitement is, dude. There's a lot of talent on this football team. Sure. I mean, you have this walk on that that nobody'd ever really heard of that breaks out and has this great season. You have a unanimous All American left tackle. You have a second team All American running back who 
you know, we'll dive into, you know, had just an all-time Notre Dame season. You know, one of the five best individual seasons we've ever seen from a Notre Dame running back. You know, you had a quarterback that will, will get a lot of heat for different things, but he had the best quarterback rating of a Notre Dame quarterback since Jimmy Clausen, you know, who had one of the best, you know, all-time yards per attempt seasons for Notre Dame. And so there just was a lot of things, Vince, that you're going to look at and say, well, there's a lot to like. But at the end of the day, we also can look at it and say, but in those moments where they needed to be at their best, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And and so, and that's the that's the frustration is that there, this offense did take a big step. Sure. That should be the thing we're excited about. This offense is so much closer to becoming an elite offense than it's yes. been in since Charlie Weiss was here in 05. Agreed. I mean, th- that's the only offense that I can look at and say it compares to this offense on a consistent basis. Would you say part of the angst, part of the negative thoughts towards this offense, I think it's twofold for me. Number one was the Andy Ludwig to Jared Parker disaster scenario, whatever whatever adjective you want to use there. I think that's number one. Number two, I also think it's the expectation of bringing in Sam Hartman and what he was going to be able to do with this yeah. offense. Yeah. I think the expectations were through the roof. I think right. rightfully so, but they were very high. Right. And and the odds of meeting those expectations, you're talking national championship. National championship is what would have I mean, met the expectations. Getting to the playoff to okay. me would have been okay. like that, that thing. I, I don't know that everybody would have looked at this team and said, Boy, they're just better than Washington. They're better than Georgia. They're better than Bama. No brainer. It's like I think they can play with those teams. Sure. But it just comes down to and, and again, even in this chat, I mean, I it's so easy to disprove some of the like one of the comments is it's not wrong. They blew eggs against above average teams. Again, just completely false. There are teams that were above average that Notre Dame lit up. There just wasn't enough of them. That's the right. problem. Right. You know what I mean? And and but that's been and that's been true for I mean, the only team I've ever seen on offense for Notre Dame that didn't just completely like falter against good defenses was 20 2015 offense, sort of. And then the 2005 offense, that's it. Because that offense played well in, in, in big games. I mean, even the Michigan game in 05, they didn't score a ton of points, but they did what they needed to do to win, to go on the road and beat Michigan, right? They scored a, They did what they needed to do to beat USC. Defense just couldn't stop Matt Leinert on the final drive. I mean, offense went right down the field and scored, gave him a late fourth quarter lead, right? Michigan State game that year, offense scored over 40 points. You know, even the Ohio State game, I mean, that was a great Ohio State defense, and they moved the ball on them. I mean, Brady threw for 280 yards. Darius Walker, I think, got 100 yards in that game. They just couldn't stop Ohio State. Every time they'd get close, right. you know, the Ohio State you know, would go down and score. The defense wasn't good enough. Well, this the difference with this team compared to 15 and 05 is this team had a defense that could yes. stop people. And that's the frustration. That adds to the frustration, too. Right. It's like, you guys had a defense. You held Ohio State to 17 points. Right. Yes, the defense should have stepped up on that final drive. We'll get into that on Thursday. But you shouldn't have put them in a situation where 17 points wasn't good enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like they held they held Ohio State to fewer points than Michigan gave up against Ohio State. Both at home. You know what I mean? I mean, like if you look at the way that the Notre Dame off defense played against Ohio State, in my opinion, 
they played better against Ohio State than than Michigan did. I mean, look at the numbers. You know, Ohio State's offense against Notre Dame had 366 yards of offense. They had 378 against Michigan. Notre Dame gave up uh, 17 points. Michigan gave up 24 points. Michigan, Notre Dame held Ohio State to 5.63 yards per play. Michigan gave up 6.52 yards per play. Uh, you know, I mean, they held them to fewer points than what what uh, Penn State held them to, who supp- also supposedly has a great a great defense, which I think is a tad overrated. But you get the point that I'm going with here. Like, you played better against Ohio State than Michigan did. Differences, Ohio, Michigan's offense in the second half stepped up and made plays Notre Dame's did, and that's ultimately – I mean, that's, that's the story of the year, Vince, in, in a lot of ways, and that's the frustrating part about it is – you can't, you can't say, you can't say like, look, the the prop the problem is is you you can't. This is kind of what it goes down to is there has to be an honest conversation about the offense, and there's just not enough of that. Right. You can't just dismiss, and we're already seeing it in the chat from people. You can't dismiss what they did against all the other teams. No, no one's no Notre Dame offense has ever done what this offense did. Ever, ever, second best yards per play average in modern history. So, in, in the since the end of World War II, only one offense has ever gone for more yards per play than this year's offense. That was the 15 offense. That's it. One. No offense in the history of Notre Dame football, going back to 1890, whatever, when they started playing football, has ever scored more points per game or had more 40 point plus per games than this offense. Dismissing that is just silly mm-hmm. to me. Ignoring that is all they 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 did only did it. Yeah, they they mostly did it against bad teams. But you know who else? No, nobody has ever done this. No, this isn't the first schedule that Notre Dame has played that had bad teams on it. This was a tough. I mean, in our last show, Vince, you got somebody asking, "This is the toughest schedule since when?" And that's what people acknowledge. But then when you start talking about the offense, it's oh no, the schedule sucked. Right? Well, no, it didn't. It was a very tough schedule. Notre Dame lit up most of the teams on the schedule. And and the problem is, is people want to dismiss that. And and that's frustrating. Yeah, very. But you also can't spin it and say, boy, they were great except for this game, this game, and this game, because those this game, this game, this game are really important. Pretty big, huge freaking games. (laughs) Yeah. And at Notre Dame, as we've always said, and look, and I like Jared Parker. I like Marcus Freeman. I think they're great guys. I don't like Brian Kelly. Never hidden that fact, but I'm not going to change the standard because I like these guys. The standard is the standard. Absolutely. And you are judged on what you do in the biggest moments. And at the end of the day, this team and this offense weren't good enough on the biggest moments. And so we need to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time and be able to say it's foolish and, and kind of petty to just ignore and dismiss the good stuff we saw this year. It's silly. But you also can't spin it to make it to be like, you know, but it's it's this greatest offense we've ever seen, you know, and just except for those three games, you know, and just dismiss right. those either, right? Like you need to be able to have both because both is where the excitement should come for next year. Is like you're so much closer now because of what you did in those 10 other games, including the Duke game. Because look, everyone's gonna have those games where you don't have it that day. I mean, Washington, as good as they had, go watch the Oregon State game that they had against Oregon State. They were terrible, terrible. 
They needed Roma Dunze and Michael Penix to combine on a phenomenal play late in the game to win that game. We just watched we just watched Steve Angeli light that defense up. Now again, they were missing five starters, and but still, we watched Notre Dame light that off that defense up. Michael Penix struggled mightily against it. Why? Had a bad day. Had a bad game. Sure. Everyone's going to have that, but can you make the plays at the end of the game to win? And they did that against Duke. They didn't do that against Ohio State. They didn't do that against Louisville. They didn't do that against Clemson. And at the end of the day, those are the games you're judged on. You know, yes, it was good that you did it against NC State. It was good that you did it against USC. But you've got to be able to do it in the biggest moments. Sure. And that's that's what Washington did, though, right? Most of the three toughest games Washington played this year, Oregon, Oregon, Texas. They scored over 30 points in each one of those games. Right? I mean, that that – Look at Michigan for all the issues that Michigan had this year, right? And I think, and I look, I, I feel, I still feel like this isn't a great Michigan team. I still feel that way. But when they needed to score, they scored, right? When they needed to make plays, they made plays. And it did, it wasn't always about scoring 40 a game. Their offense struggled a lot against Alabama yesterday. But when they, when the game was on the line and they needed to make a play, they made plays and they won the game. And ultimately, that's kind of what it comes down to is that's what a championship offense is all about. Points per game and all that stuff is great, and it's good to talk about. But at the end of the day, can you make championship plays? Washington did that this year, right? Michigan did that this year. They were getting outplayed by Ohio State for two and a half, almost three quarters. But when it mattered most, their offense stepped up and made those plays. That's the difference. And that's where Notre Dame still needs to get to. And that ultimately is what the storyline is going to be. But I just don't want us to be able to be that to, to be that fan base that also can enjoy the good things that we did see this season. Because in order to ignore that, you're then going to dismiss some really good stuff, some really good performances by Notre Dame players in your quest to not give any credit, you know, to somebody you don't like. And Jared that's Parker. petty. And Jared or whoever. Yeah, I mean, you Sam Hartman. You could have an angst against Sam Hartman. Your beef could be with whoever, you know. And and so, there were some really good things we saw this year, and we'll talk about those. But that's got to be the storyline of what this season was for me, Vince. Is yeah, is that that potential that we did see in those moments made it even more frustrating when they didn't show up in the biggest moments. Because they did have the talent. And, you know, there were some injuries along the way, but t- people have injuries, right? Somebody else has got to step up and make those plays. Jalen McMillan gets hurt during the season. So Jalen Polk steps up and becomes a dude for Washington, right? I mean, that's what good teams do. And Notre Dame's offense didn't do enough of that in those big moments. Some of it was coaching. Some of it was player-driven. But that ultimately is the storyline. Sure. But I just refuse to only focus on that because then you, you miss – Hey, guys, if Mike Denbrock is who we hope he is, he's inheriting in a pretty good freaking situation. And it's time to take it to the next level. Sure. And that's what we hope Mike Denbrock can do. And that's what we'll right. talk about when we get into some of the other conversations. And there's parts of the team that have got to get better. No quite Talent's got to get better. Coaching's got to get better. All of it. But, man, this team is close. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that excites me but also frustrates me when I'm looking back at this 2023 season. And I just want us to be able to have that honest conversation about the fact that there was a lot of good, but it wasn't good enough. And that's right. really what it was. That's the key. Like, it wasn't bad. It, this offense sucked. No, that's insane. 
There's like, there's other than your emotions, there's right. no metric that can, that, that you can look at and say, this was anything other than a really good offense. It was a really good offense. There's literally no metric at, at all that you can point to. I mean, FEI, right? I mean, the, the Fermo efficiency index, Notre Dame's offense this year was 16th. That's pretty good. It's not good enough. It needs to be top 10, but still pretty good. You know, you look at 6.95 yards per play, second best all time. You know, there's a lot of good about this offense. That's exciting. That's great. This team is getting closer, right? Now it's like, okay, now let's do it when it matters most. And that's what I'm frustrated by, but also excited by, to be completely honest sure. with you, Vince. Well, and the, the, the team, you know, obviously we're talking offense, right? The team took a step. They took a step in the right direction. The offense took a step in the right direction. Was it the step that we all hoped it would be this year? No, it's not. But they still took a step in the right direction, and that has to be remembered. That has to be, like, it's okay to be upset with maybe the overall outcome, and I get that, and I'm I'm probably right there with you. But it's also, um, it is also, what's the best word I want to look for here? It's, it is, it's not healthy. It is not, um... Productive. That's not the right word. Yeah, it's it's not a productive conversation to only focus on the fact that they didn't reach our expectation. Look, we did preview shows going into the season, Brian. We we all said ten and two is the, is the floor. You know, we all said mm-hmm. you know this is what our anticipation is. You know, eleven and one. You know that didn't reach that. That's disappointing, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's okay to be disappointed. I'm disappointed too. It is okay, but you have to look not only at the big picture but you also have to look at the the steps that were taken this was not a step backwards season and anybody that says that is just sucking on the sour grapes like yeah. this was not a step back no. of a season this just it wasn't and and again kind of stealing your line no metric that you can show me None. shows me that it was a step backwards no okay or that it was a step parallel this was a step forward. Right. It's just not as big of a step as we all wanted. And and should have been. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, not, it's not just about, oh, it didn't meet our expectations. It Good shouldn't call. have met anyone's expectations. Like, there's, and I don't there think should be did. no one in the program. And, and I'll say it again. You look at what Marcus Freeman's doing this offseason. Right. He's not happy about it. No. He's not selling. Yeah, you know, it's good. It's good. It was good. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what excites me too, Vince, just for a second is, you have a head coach that you look at his team and say they went nine and three, played a really tough schedule, did a lot of good things. He's not, he's not sitting back on his laurels saying, "Hey, you know, we scored this many points per game and right. we were we almost beat Ohio State. Like we're good. We were right there with Clemson. Remember Brian Kelly after twenty fifteen? You know, we just got to coach a little better and play a little harder, and we're going to be fine." Marcus was like, "F that. I'm pissed. They're they're blowing out Wake Forest forty five seven. And if you only watched Marcus Freeman the entire game, you'd think Notre Dame lost by thirty. If you're only right. watching Marcus Freeman on the sideline Stanford game and wasn't actually watching the game, you'd think they were playing like crap in that game because he's not happy with nine and three. And that excites me. Yeah. Right. But the, the the exciting thing is, is there is something to build on. It was clearly a step forward. It's just not as big of a step as it should have been. Right. But, you know, it was a step forward. Now yeah. we got to see if Coach Freeman can press the right buttons to get to that next step, which we'll get into in future shows. Sure. But there were things that we saw this year that, that you know, and, and we'll kind of get into this next, Vince. There were things that we saw this year that should make you feel like, okay, if you can push those right buttons, you got a chance to do something here at Notre Dame. <laughs> 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.